Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me for another edition of the Bob Sullivan Show here on OneStopTalkRadio.com, presented by Amazon. I am joined tonight by Nick Peterson of PopCultureCrunch.com. Nick, how are you doing tonight? How are you? I am good. Just, uh, you know, enjoying the nice weather that can kind of be ruined by humidity that we know here. In the <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I hear you uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's funny with uh, all the people that come in for the College World Series here. They're always surprised by being able to experience just about all four seasons every time they come in. <laughs> yeah, it's always uh, with a little bit of rain and a lot of humidity. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Nick, I finally finished <clears throat> Daredevil on Netflix. How mm-hmm. far have you finished the series or the first season? Where are you at on that show? Oh, I'm finished, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I thought the acting was great, the uh, the uh, writing was great, and the dialogue, unlike a lot of uh, Marvel uh, movies, shows, whatever you uh, make of it, it did not have any bad dialogue, in my opinion. What was your take on this show so far? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I really, really enjoyed this show. I think that if Batman were to, I think I think Gotham as a TV series, this is exactly what it needed to be in tone. The tone of Daredevil on Netflix is is perfect. I mean, for especially for Daredevil the character, and I agree. Yes, there was there was good acting. Um, the dialogue was pretty spot on, and um, especially the villain. I mean, the villain was the main the main end goal, I guess, for this season. You know, because it was just a long. A story arc leading to the confrontation between him and uh, Fisk, which is also known as Kingpin in the comic books. So, um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it, and I'm really, really excited what the next season has to bring, too. So, I felt like uh, uh, I can't pronounce his name, but Vincent, he's from the Law and Not- Order Criminal Intent. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, Vincent Sanofio, he's also in Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. Yes. He, I felt like his portrayal of Wilson Fisk, uh, Kingpin, was absolutely phenomenal. My one tiny complaint on this uh, on this season, I kind of felt like the fight was a little too short. I mean, it was it was probably about a five six minute fight with oh, you know, how much the of a build up there. Yeah, the finale with uh, the fight mm-hmm. between Daredevil and Fisk. I felt like it was. It left me wanting more, which is probably a good thing for a fight a fight scene between those two, but I, I wanted a little bit longer of a fight, in my opinion. What, what did you think of the final, the ending of that? Um, in my opinion, I think that the fights that Daredevil had earlier in the season were more satisfying and really tested him. I think a lot of what Daredevil was going through was, hey, do, is it okay for me to kill? He was really dealing with that for the later half of that season. And he's kind of like, well, if, if I kill, will I be just like Fisk? You know, will, will I be trying to do something great, but I end up turning into a villain at the same time? And that, I really liked that, that notion that they used 
at any this season. So I mean, it's it's really really great. I mean, this this season, um, well, this new series comes out, Daredevil, and then we have Flash, and it's just kind of like a op- op- almost like uh, opposite tone to a TV series, but they both end up working very very well. So, right. I liked with this show how dark it was, how you know the violence was real. The you know it it was. It was pretty cutting edge as far as what they did, as far as, you know, they had some strong language. They had, you know, some, you know, there's some very gory, bloody scenes. You know, I I felt like Marvel took some chances with Daredevil in this series. And I felt like those those risks that they took are starting to pay off. I think they're going, you know, they're going down a darker path with the Marvel, you know, whether it be, with the Avengers, they're going down a darker path with this group of superheroes, and they wanted to see how they could do it with with Daredevil, and I feel like it it worked in this series. Yeah, I think um, what's really great about Marvel at this point is that you know they're at a crucial point. Um, you know, they're just getting their Phase Two movies coming out and stuff like that, and that stuff getting ready, and then you have their TV shows starting to evolve, and then there's going to be eventually four. TV shows on Netflix, all Marvel-based. Um, obviously, Daredevil being the first one, but in this case, like, yeah, you're right. They are taking it's not light as light as a Daredevil, or excuse me, as most Marvel properties are accustomed to. And so, it, yes, it's it's gritty, it's darker, it's it's more believable, and I, I'm glad it really paid off. And they're going to actually take this TV universe of Daredevil and have it coexist with the Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones, which are all characters that end up being the uh, the Defenders, which will be like a TV event um, on Netflix um, later next year. Is Do you think that the introduction of the Punisher into this series is what, what D, kind of like what DC did with Flash and Arrow? Or do you think uh, the ultimate goal with Marvel is to spin off the Punisher into an, another series? Because actually, <clears throat> the Punisher, I liked the one with Tom Jane a lot. I mean, there was some bad dialogue. There was some, you know, kind of corny uh, one-on-one shooting scenes. But I love the character of the Punisher, just a complete badass. I would like to see a spin off into a TV show. Do you see that happening? Um, I definitely do see it happening. That. Yes, okay. um, and I think that the tactic that's really, really great, and it, and actually was kind of started with Smallville back in the day, where you know you have a character that's really, really, really people really respond to, you know, like like Arrow, and they're like, oh, that makes sense. And then Arrow had the Flash, and then then everyone wanted the Flash, and wanted to see more of the Flash, and then they had Flash, and this one with Daredevil, it's kind of like, well, yeah, it, it, especially with a very, very popular character like the Punisher. I think he almost deserves a TV series in his own right because, um, well, he resonates with fans, but I really do like the actor that they picked to play him, who is John Bergdahl from uh, The Walking Dead. And um, he's always been, I mean, he's always been on my radar. I think he's he's great at whatever he does. So I think um, I, I'm just excited, even like outside of The Punisher, like what else they can introduce. You know, there's still going to be Electra. There's still going to be a Bullseye. You know, they're still, they're still going to introduce more um, people. I feel like with, the, with the, doing a series with Daredevil, I feel there's so many routes you can go. I mean, I, I think Arrow is the same way. 
by doing kind of a kind of a I guess an unknown commodity as a TV series. It opens you up to so many more possibilities because you look at Daredevil. You know, he's in Hell's Kitchen, which opens you up to, you know, the Punisher being in that air, you know, the Punisher universe. And also, it kind of opens you up to the Spider-Man universe, because that's, um, Mm -hmm. you know, if Marvel can, you know, Marvel can introduce a little bit of Spider-Man into this series before they do, you know, Civil War or... um, They can. I'm not sure they will. Yeah, I I feel like that might be a little too much money that they want to spend. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, so is, is, is that is that accurate or what would you think? Well, the the thing is is that Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man and the only reason why they went to Marvel was like, hey, you know, these last couple of Spider-Man movies aren't doing that great. You know, we want what are we doing wrong? Hey, Marvel creative head Kevin Feige who oversees everything at Marvel. What are we doing wrong? We'll give you the character. We'll have him underneath the Marvel umbrella of their universe, cinematic universe. But um, we're still going to be partially owned by us, you know. So um, to have them in a TV series, I mean, I think that they want to, at this point, just try to reintroduce the new Spider-Man, which they're about to announce probably later this week. Well, actually, it's Thursday now. So they'll probably, they'll probably announce maybe this weekend, hopefully, who the new Spider-Man is going to be, or sometime soon, so that, um, it, that that Spider-Man will be in Civil War um, in some sort of capacity, and then... Uh, offshoot into his own movies. I'm assuming that's that's the route that I read. So um, to have him be in a TV show would be great, but I just think that Spider-Man's just too big. It's kind of like having a Superman guest star in Arrow. It's like so that's he's just too big of a character, you know. Just like I mean, Batman is, you know. So you know what I mean? Well, and I mean, you, yeah, I, I completely agree. Well, with the Arrow, it would be you know if Batman. You know, if Arrow ran into Batman or something, yeah, I agree with you because I mean, it, there's a lot of crossover. I mean, it would it would make sense to have a Spider-Man or a Batman in one of those two series because there's a lot of crossover characters, kind of. But it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense as far as you know, because those two characters would overshadow, you know, the Daredevil or you know, the point of the series is not Batman or Spider-Man. You don't want to overshadow what the series is supposed to be about. Well, yeah, and I, exactly. So, but like introducing a Punisher, I, I think with you know if I I do like the casting call that they they made with the Punisher, but the guy's got the if he he's got to pull off badass like Tom Jane in order to to win my heart as far as Punisher. Oh, yeah. I, I think that he played a real fickle character really, really well, so we're just accustomed to seeing him a particular way. I think he'll be able to pull this off. I'm not too worried, but I think what's really great with what they're doing is that they realize, hey, Punisher's, <laughs> as, as an anti-hero, kind of matches up with the tone we already have set for Daredevil, so it's kind of natural to have the Punisher come on board and kind of maybe start his own thing, you know what I mean? Like, if he becomes popular enough, yeah, then Marvel will be like, hey, let's everyone responded and then let's just do it on Netflix. Especially with they when they have the, the four K option too on Netflix. I think that's awesome. Do do you think that you know the the D C I'm starting to like the T V show format better than the movie format. For you know, I, I guess we we got three instances with Daredevil. Well I guess you can throw small Smallville in there too. Smallville 
uh, Arrow, Flash, and Daredevil. I, and, I mean, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., whatever. But I kind of like that model better because it's like, you know, one-hour movies, you know, you can watch them when you want. You know, they're, you know, they're readily available. And, you know, it's a, it's a different plot every episode. I, I, and, you know, if they can put the right TV director behind it to build up to an ultimate season finale and stuff like that. I just like TV shows way better than I like the movies right now, just because. Oh of, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, I, I just get that. that. The build up to the season finale is far better than the build up to like the final fight between, you know, Ultron and Iron Man and Captain America. In my opinion, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think that you're definitely right. I, the thing with the TV universe, what makes it so great, well, first of all, it's being accessible. But when you have so many characters, um, like especially with like the Avengers, if, if Avengers was told in a TV format, I know it may seem awkward, but you're fleshing out all these subplots that were brought up in the Avengers 2 movie that didn't really seem to make sense. So when you have a TV format, you can, you can explore those different things. You can explore more of what Thor's doing when this happens or or what Iron Man's doing, et cetera. So, so when you actually things end up making sense, you have more of an investment for the characters. And then um, along with that, you know, then you have like 13, 14 episodes in, and you're like, okay, well, this is the finale. It all builds up. They've had time to build it up, and then the conclusion is way more satisfying. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, a- a- absolutely. And I, I kind of feel like just watching the previews for Ant-Man, I, I don't. I can't say a hundred percent. You know, because I get the same feeling with Ant Man that I did with Iron Man when I originally saw the previews for Iron Man. When I was like, eh, I don't know about this. You know, I like mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. I like Jeff Bridges, but you know, can Robert Downey Jr. be a superhero? And mm-hmm. you know, the answer. I mean, obviously. The questions were answered. Yes, he, you know, he can be a superhero. Uh, and with Paul Rudd, I get the same questions I had with Robert Downey Jr. Like, can I really take him serious enough as yeah. a superhero? Mm-hmm. And I feel yeah, like Ant Man would have been better served. I, I feel like Ant Man would have been better served as a TV show, looking at the way Daredevil has gone. But I also feel like you know Paul Rudd maybe can pull this off as well, the way Robert Downey Jr. pulled off. Iron Man because they're both great actors. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Ant Man, I think that there's a nice marriage. I think that they, I think with with Iron Man, for example, like they really realize what what Robert Downey Jr. He's kind of like this neurotic, fun, um, busy actor that, that can really pull off anything, and he can. I mean, that matches to the character of Tony Stark. And so when you have someone um, like Ant-Man, Scott Lang, and comic books that matches up perfectly with what you know Paul Rudd. So it's almost like they're perfectly casting these people. So it kind of like it, it mirrors very, very nicely. And I do think the Ant-Man will be successful. Should it would it be better as a TV series? I don't know. I don't think that. I think that's there's more of a risk of a TV show um, failing without there being some sort of recognition on that level. But I mean, if you put Marvel's brand behind anything nowadays, it seems like they'll be successful in any sort of light. So. But it's weird with, uh, you know, well, like, I guess I, I did some reading into the Ant-Man character and 
obviously, well, with Michael Douglas being the original Ant-Man, um, now Ant-Man. making mm-hmm. his protege, so to speak, in Paul Rudd, uh, it, it makes it for a more interesting plot. In, in my, it makes for a better plot for this movie. But, you know, like Daredevil, there was so much back and forth. Should we do a TV show? Should we do another movie? How should we reboot this character? Um, I guess in in starting a character, you're probably right. Um, a TV show is probably the best route to go um, in introducing a character. Within, with Marvel, there's really no, you know, you don't really have to worry about a risk at this point with how much money you've brought in. DC Comics, on the other hand, you kind of have to worry about it to a certain degree with, you know, I don't think you could do a, an Arrow movie. You couldn't do a Flash movie well, at this point just because of, well, you know, Green Lantern and things like that. You know, what, are your, what I have to say is that, I mean, if you look, look a lot of these properties are doing on TV shows, they, they have they have a character that everyone recognizes, but then they'll, they'll, they'll introduce someone else. So, like, you know, just like with the Punisher, I mean, if they had an Ant-Man in, like, Angels of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, who is this this Ant-Man character who came out of nowhere? Then obviously we'll demand, you know, uh, a, a movie or, or, excuse me, a TV show in his own his own name. So, I don't know. It's it, it's interesting, but, yeah, I mean, it's like the TV format versus uh, the movie format. And I think they're going to start to blend. I mean, especially with all the budgets that, that these studios are putting into these TV uh, shows, it's just starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the way that people are accessing it through uh, vessels like Netflix, everyone's binging. So it's just like, it's like, I mean, it's, the landscape is changing completely. Well, I, the thing with Daredevil that, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of people have, you know, said to me and I, you know, I've done a little research into it is the fact that there is a limited villain base for uh, for Daredevil. I mean, but the, the same thing could be said for Arrow. However, with uh, Daredevil, I feel like the mob connection type things, you know, you, you can build off of stuff like that. I mean, I know the Russians are kind of gone, the Japanese are gone, but I, I, there's still an opening there. You know, Fisk isn't dead. Um... There's also an opening there with the Chinese. I don't know how, you know, they can build something off of the Chinese. I don't think you oh, necessarily yeah. need villains in the Daredevil series. You just need good mob twists, in my opinion. And I, I think that works. You know, you don't have to really... The writing around, you know, as long as there's... There doesn't need to be a main villain. Well, there needs to be a main villain. But the subplots of mobs and stuff, those always work. And those always intrigue people whether it's a superhero or not type thing. Well, what's really great about Fisk, his character, the, as a character in that show, is that you, in a sense, you get a backstory. You, you have, the show's long enough for you to get an understanding of, like, why he's why he's so violent, like, violent all the time, why why he has a short temper, why, why what his true intentions actually are for the city. I mean, that is cool, and it makes it seem like He's not as bad of a villain, but it makes him, you know, ten times more invested. You know, if you had a, a like a big budget movie where you spend a lot of time understanding why Lex Luthor is, you know, dislikes Superman, why he, you know, etc., then, then it'd be a better movie because you're you're you're, you're invested. You're you want to know more. You know what I mean? There's stuff there's stuff on the line. 
and you know, looking at um, with me, you know, looking at you know the way Vincent Giorgio or however you said name <laughs> uh, played fifth, <laughs> you know, he's so awkward. Even in you know his his acting is so awkward. Like even in like if you watch Law and Order Criminal Intent, like his portrayal of Fisk. You know, with the kind of stuttering, the being, having a lack of confidence, you know, the way he talked, I, I felt like, you know, he he was so perfect for that role. And, you know, you know, a lot, you can say all you want about dialogue, writing and all that. But if, you know, a character is perfectly, um, you know, perfectly cast, he was perfectly cast. And Charlie Cox, the other thing about him, one thing I will credit him for, you know, he was great as Daredevil. But the best part of him was his ability to really sell the fact that he was blind. Because if you've ever talked to somebody that's blind, uh, his eye contact as, as a blind person with people that he's talking to was spot on with the eye contact blind people give you if you're talking to a real blind person. It was incredible. Well, yeah, I mean, I really like the fact that they write that into the episode. So, like, you know, nuances, the, like, like why you know how do you how do you do your hair in the morning or why is there no lights well isn't that obvious I'm you know I'm blind <laughs> you know so I mean these little yeah. things that like end up adding to these little characterizations of who what makes Matt Murdock Matt Murdock you know that's neat yeah and with uh, with Murdock what did you think of the new Daredevil suit. Oh, I, I liked it. I mean, I thought that I was like, I, I kind of questioned. I'm like, if you're going to be out there every night battling the bad guys, why are you wearing an outfit that you know that you, you have no armor? Like, I, that doesn't make any sense. But then once they kind of explain it a little bit, we're like, hey, they have this special guy that makes special costumes or made that protective armor for Fisk or whatever, and. That kind of made sense, and I, and I do like the colors, and I, they're reminiscent of the comic books. I know some people had a, a slight problem with it, but I didn't. I thought it was perfect. What do you think? I, I thought it looked pretty cool. You know, it was. I felt like it was a little less uh, revealing than Ben Affleck's uh, Daredevil costume, which I liked. I, I don't need. I, I feel like one thing that they really do too much of is accentuating the guy's junk when they do a comic book <laughs> character uh, costume, like whether it be Daredevil or Superman or the Batman in the uh, 60s with Adam West when they do the camera shot right up against, you know, when somebody would do, you know, the seat, when Dick, uh, you know, Adam West would do the seat belt. Uh, I really feel like they they didn't focus on that part as much, which made it nice. It, it made it family friendly there at the end. Yeah, it's weird. I, you know, talking about these shows like after Daredevil came out, I'm I'm like really curious. I'm like, if you have three other shows coming out, are they going to be in like the same type of tone as Daredevil? Like, if they're trying to like eventually create all these and form them into one like, you know, TV event, like that's just going to be. I, I'm just curious as to how that's going to turn out. Yeah. Well, with um, I, I felt like yeah, the costume was great. I did. I, I felt like um, there was no explanation, you know, well, I guess two things. What would, 
where do you think Daredevil or I guess uh, Matt Murdock dies first? Where should he have died? When he was in that dumpster and he won't go to the hospital or when he gets taken to task by that uh, Nobu, the Japanese guy, with the uh, the anchor type thing where he drags him across the floor. Uh, which one of those two do you think is more likely that he's dead? The first one. I, I, I mean, I do think that, I mean, no matter, like, how brutal that fight was, I do think that the accident in itself, even if it wasn't, if it didn't give him, like, because, you know, what's really kind of different about this show as opposed to the movie with Ben Affleck was that they really had handed, like, they're like, I, this was some sort of toxic stuff that made me have superpowers, you know, like, and it, and it really messed with, like, you know, like, the CGI and, like, how he heard, by you know, vibrations and stuff like that. And with this TV show, it's it's very, very subtle. It was kind of like, yeah, I'm blind, but they they kind of almost grazed it, but like, well, my, all my senses are are great right now. My dad was a boxer and, you know, he's a bruiser and, you know, I, I, I train every single day and et cetera. And it's kind of like, well, I guess that kind of makes it a little bit more believable, but I mean, you're not, he's not necessarily a, a superhero. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make him seem as, makes them seem more realistic in the TV show when they do that, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, uh, and of course there's more time. I mean, you got 13 hours to kind of go over that stuff. Uh, yeah. For the most part, but as opposed to an hour and a half. But the one thing I don't know that I remember from the Daredevil movie was uh, when Colin Farrell was hitting those bells in the church. Mm-hmm. There was never, you know, there. Was, I, I, I wonder if they're going to go into that in the show at all, like, or if that affects him because, like, that affected Ben Affleck big time. In the movie, um, and then also the thing where when it rains, he's able to see, sort of, so to speak. Yeah, and in the movie, that, that yeah, was in the movie I mean, too. And like when it was raining, when he was fighting that uh, the uh, when Karen Page goes back to her apartment to get the uh, to go get the file for Union Allied, and he tackles the guy out. It's raining, but you don't see the. CGI of his uh, him being able to see, so I'm kind of curious. I, is that you know was that something made up in the Ben Affleck thing? What, what was going on there? You know, I'm, I've only read a few Daredevil comic books myself, and I don't remember them being that in depth with as to why, like, or he had some sort of superpower, but like, it's just that all of his other senses, for whatever reason, became super enhanced as a, as a, a side effect of being exposed, not the the toxics. Uh, whatever it was in his eyes that gave him superpowers. You know, so it was kind of a little bit different, but I, I guess with the the movie as opposed to the TV show, yes, I, I like I just like the subtleness. It makes it more believable. And I, I and like your first question was, um, you know, what is more believable? Him dying uh, when he gets his eyes stu- or with those toxic stuff in his eyes, or when he gets into that fight wall? I mean, I, I just don't think. Um, well, he'd be blind, but I, I don't think that. Right. I don't think he even gets to the point where he become a fighter in normal circumstances. But one more, uh, one more thing to kind of go over before I let you go. Sure. Have you played the game Injustice: Gods Among Us, the DC Universe game? That's kind of like Mortal yes. Kombat. I have it. Yep. 
That is uh, one of the more... I, I just got that game. That game is really... That is one of the most complex plots to a game I've ever come across. I feel like if <laughs> DC went... If they went down that route for Dawn of Justice, you know, where there's... like, You know, they knock Joker into an alternate universe and, you know, all these superheroes are, you know, trying to find which Batman is the real Batman and all that stuff. I feel like that would be an awesome plot for DC to go down. Like, I feel like they should have saved that for a movie. However, it would have been really complex to do in a movie. Uh, well, I, what, they, I, what do you think as far as that game goes? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do enjoy the game. Um, I, I had played it a couple times with my friends. I mean, it was, it was great, you know, but I mean, story-wise, um, I did enjoy it. Um, I think that it, be, it came, became popular enough that, that the comic books actually had their own series for a while. It was just called Injustice. And, you know, I think it ran for about a year or two. Um, and that, that's fine and everything. But um, I think with the Dawn of Justice, the thing that I think me and you, I mean, we, we're fans. Or we already know where superheroes are from and et cetera. And I think that essentially, well, we're going to be introduced to a, a new Lex Luthor, you know, Wonder Woman for the first time in, on on the big screen. You know, there's so many different characters that we need to introduce, and they're, they're trying to set up a, a universe at the same time. So it's very, very ambitious. But to put a really, I, I'm not going to say convoluted in a bad way, but a complicated, maybe more complicated uh, storyline, this this early would be, it would hinder their their, their intended growth over time to try, try to catch up with Marvel. Yeah, it, it it is a, you know, it, it's it sounds sad, but after I I finished the game, I bought the game last night, and I finished it this morning at six o'clock in the morning, um, and I was thinking to myself, okay, what the hell just happened through this entire thing? <laughs> like, so at six thirty, I watched on YouTube the like replay of the entire movie, essentially. I was like, okay, well, all right, that makes sense. All right, all right, now now I kind of get it. And I completely agree with you. You, you don't want to go completely complex with a plot in your first your first go out with a like Justice League type of movie. Um, but I, I did feel like, you know, in that game, Aquaman, you know, was properly, you know, was, was properly represented. You know, actually... Probably overly represented for how you know. I, I, I think I'm a I had to Aquaman I, fan. Yeah, I, I totally agree. No, I, I was just going to say I, I totally agree. Um, I think the Aquaman was one of the better characters in that game. Yeah, and his plot, you know, with him fighting as Ares and the doppelganger uh, Aquaman, and you know, him being—I feel like he's kind of the Thor of the DC universe. Do you do you agree with that assessment? Um yeah and no. I mean he's kinda of like the he's more like Poseidon if they if you were the Greek god. I think that Superman would be like because mm-hmm. I even think of God of Thunder, I think of the you know the God of Gods that to me that's like Superman in the D C universe. And then Thor would be like the number one in Marvel. I mean in regards to like power but then there'd be like Hulk and so I don't know. You can really go either way. Yeah, I, I mean, I just just kind of watching the storyline in the uh, Injustice, I, I know that's not the, the whole story with Aquaman, but 
I just kind of got, I was just like, you know, this is kind of, an, you know, an, a Thor type of story. Yeah, he's not, you know, he's not the most powerful guy. He's not powerful like Thor or anything out of the hammer, but, you know, he's kind of got a Thor-like story where, you know, he's kind of the king of the, under the, you know, the sea, basically. But, um, yeah, I, I felt like that game, that that game was a lot of fun, and I, I enjoyed that plot. Um do you think, last thing before I let you go, uh, you know, there's 2016, Daredevil, Season 2, we got Donna Justice. Is 2016 going to be better than 2015 as far as uh, superhero anticipation goes, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, big time. I think it's going to be double. It's going. I mean, we're going to have more TV uh, shows to look forward to. There's going to be that Supergirl. There's going to be Legends of Tomorrow. There's going to be there's a few others uh, I know from Marvel's side. Oh, yeah, uh, that Jessica Jones on Netflix. And then there's obviously, but more than anything, though, I think that Marvel is busy filming the Captain America movie. Um, and they recently announced that they're not going to be at the Comic-Con this, this couple, I think in a couple weeks. But I think it's mostly going to be DC's a movie year, I think, because like Don Justice and Suicide Squad. Um, and then there's, I think, yeah, Captain America comes out. When does Captain America 3 come out? I think it's next I, year. I thought I saw 27. Is it 2016? I thought it was 2017, but I could be wrong on that. I, I could be wrong, too. So, I mean, I probably should have checked that before. Let's just, say, let's just say we're both wrong and it's 2018. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's it's going to it's going to get crazier. So, I mean, like, yes, I think 2016 will be better. I mean, I mean, we're in. Think about this. I mean, we're within the next two. I mean, within a two-year span, we're going to have we have a Jurassic World. Then we're going to have, I mean, a Star Wars movie. I mean, this is just nuts. Everything that's going on and all the superhero movies coming out. It's just like there's a lot to look forward to. So, um, well, yeah, and I, I I think the thing, the biggest thing that we have to look forward to is. You know, you can say Avengers, you can say what, I mean, until Marvel can get a Spider-Man and Wolverine on screen together, I, I feel like DC has, you know, kind of an ace in their pocket with being able to have Batman and Superman on screen at the same time. Until Marvel's able to figure that out, I, I, I don't think you can really put anything up against DC as far as Batman and Superman goes, as long as they do it right. If they do it right this time, DC has the ace in their pocket, so to speak, for the, you know, the the ace in their hands, you know, for the foreseeable future with those two on screen together. Oh, yeah, you're you're, you're totally right. You make a good point. I mean, the thing with with Marvel's uh, movie properties is that it's, I mean, at this point, anyway, the only people that are outside right now are the X-Men, Fantastic Four, um, I think that's mm-hmm. the only one I can think of right now, those big ones. So it's it's getting them to come in. And I, I'm pretty sure that they will. They'll realize that it's mutually beneficial to both or three parties if it ends up having to be that way. And um, and make movies together, you know what I mean? So I think that they they all win that way. And so, I mean, I, I don't see why I wouldn't. It's just, it's just a matter of time. Um, so, I mean, especially... Do you think... Go ahead. Do you think that we're heading into a possible West Coast Avengers movie like in 2027 with the Punisher. You got the thing, uh, you know, if Fantastic Four can come back under the Marvel Universe, uh, film universe umbrella, 
Uh, do you think we could potentially see a West Coast Avengers type movie? I would say anything's possible. I, I, I think, I mean, I, the thing that I keep thinking about, I know it's further down the road, is that the phase that they're on, once they get done with this Infinity War movies, and I know I'm talking like, you know, four or five years from now, but I'm pretty sure that what's on you know, everyone's minds like, whoa, what's next? Like, what are we going to do now? Like, and that's where like a movie like what you mentioned before, like a movie that's like Injustice's storyline would make a lot more sense for, because everyone identifies and knows all the Marvel characters so that they can be a little crazier with their movies. So you never know. Well, Nick, I appreciate you coming on tonight. You know, these, these conversations are always, you know, these, these are interesting to me because I mean, you know, we, we both have, you know, you have the mock, you have the comic book mind. I have the, uh, move, you know, the stupid mind. When we bring them together, we we end up coming up with some pretty damn good ideas. Uh, do you want to tell everybody where we can find you on Twitter, the internets, all that good stuff? Yes. Uh, if you just look up Pop Culture Crunch on Facebook, you should be able to find us there, and uh, popculturecrunch.com on the internet. And um, I think it's just at Pop Culture Crunch without an H on Twitter. But yeah, thanks for letting me plug plug my website. Absolutely, no problem. And 